now listening to No Truths Welcome back to a brand new episode of No Truths Barred, the best up-and-coming podcast on the internet. And I'm your host, Hoikaweku Simmons. And I want to thank you guys again for joining me for a brand new episode. And if you've missed any of the previous 50 episodes, those episodes are available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. I'm currently working to get all of the episodes of No Truths Barred onto iTunes as well. Also, make sure you're following me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Hoy, H-O-Y-T underscore Kuwaku, K-W-A-K-U underscore Timmons. That's T-I-M-M-O-N-S. Because I'm using both of those platforms to provide the most recent updates as it relates to the No Truths Bar platform. And also make sure you join me on Tuesday, November 3rd. I will be doing live streams of the election, the presidential election going on in this country uh, on November 3rd. So make sure you join me for that. And I'll be providing more details uh, in the upcoming days as it relates to the segments, when I'll be airing them, and what time I'll be. And also, I like to take the beginning of every single episode and thank everybody that's decided to share a piece of content, who's decided to uh, provide a piece of constructive criticism, uh, people who've liked, post, liked uh, a podcast, downloaded an episode. I definitely do not take any of it for granted. And I just want to continue to work to improve and expand this particular platform. So without further ado, I'm jumping into episode 51. This is crazy. So we're in the 50s now. Uh, Tonight, I'm deeply honored to have on uh, a gentleman that I consider uh, one of the most talented lyricists that I know, a gentleman who I consider an an extremely intelligent brother, uh, an individual who uh, epitomizes the word creativity and who I perceive as a person that when they continue to grow uh, their particular fingerprint on hip hop culture, that they'll be one of the catalysts for change creatively in that particular genre. Um, this gentleman has three albums going: Bandcamp and, and Cop, uh, The Sky Ain't the Limit, No Real Views, and Drive Safely. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce uh, my powerful friend, MC, no other than the brother Sean Lennon. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, I appreciate the uh, the, the resounding uh, compliments. The the lead in. Uh, you put a high bar on me now. I gotta really, I gotta really come through. The, the that, high, you know, but I appreciate the high bar is deserved. Um, so I want to allow you, man. You know, uh, I know you've done interviews before, and what would you like to convey about yourself um, to the people? Well, 
I would like to say, you know, for for uh, creative, I know that's like the cliche term now for a lot of us that 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 makes something out of nothing. But uh, I would just like to convey that I'm just one of those those another black kid with something to say out here, and uh, just want to make sure everybody want to tune in and, and 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 pick up what the thoughts are and not be too uh not be too uh, uh close-minded to hear a different perspective from you know this city you know what i mean so that's that's really it how do you how do you because i've listened to your music and, and we've had many conversations over the years and one thing I, I I would like to highlight and augment as it relates to your style of lyricism is that I think you have a really brilliant way to connect because on, a lot of times you'll hear what people like to refer to as the rap rap guys or the super lyrical miracle dude, right? Um, which you can easily fall into yeah. that capital. But I think one of the, the preeminent things that uh, sets you aside in juxtaposition with a lot of your peers as it relates to artists coming up and them is that in addition to the intricate wordplay, you also seem to uh, interwove a social critique in that. And to me, that's a certain type of gift. And, and, and I wanna ask you, in addition to trying to impress people with you know, your wordplay and, and your imagery, what also made you say, I am also going to use my musical platform to provide my perspective on certain things socially, as well prove that I'm one of the best lyricists out. What, what was the, the source to make you attack your art form in that manner? I think just the influences, whether it's relatives or musical influences, or you take it all the way to the social, side of it um when people see something they don't agree with they 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 spoke on it and they made they made sure you heard them they 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 were stern in their point that you heard what they had to say about it and i think just coming up and seeing everything from from my optic I wanted to always be always be uh, uh, forward in my thought, even if I'm trying to provoke a little bit. And whatever I may retain in information from, like I said, relatives or anyone of a from a knowledgeable side of the coin, I wanted to put that somewhere. And hope it, you know, spark at least plant that seed, like they always say. And it, it, I, you know, I believe in the, 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 uh, the approach of hiding the medicine in the mm. candy. You know, so that's what I always now. Now I, I will say I adapted that later on. You know, as I started to really craft things, but. That was the that was kind of the goal from jump, and then not shy away from it because it's 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 kind of hard to avoid when you grew up in this community. So just to 
you know, put the blinders on sometimes. It's just, it don't work for me because that stuff really affects me in my real life. You know, I, I take in things differently. So I have to express it a certain way. And I, I think that comes from even from that, that space of drawing and, and as a kid. So I wanted to put it audibly, you know, and, and, and make those statements that way too. So, and, and, and I think those are, are, are valid points is, is the, it feels like there's like a certain honest on the artist that you have a, within your creativity, there's a certain integrity that is, is uh, uh, required of you to report and to speak candidly right. on specific issues. Um, and, and building along that particular line, I want to ask, because, you know, uh, we can kind of go all night on this, but I want I want you to, if, if, if briefly, you could kind of provide a synopsis um, as to why you name each one of the albums um, the way that you name them, like, you know, The Sky and the Limit, No Rear Views, Drive Safely, because you've told me before, but I, I, I think if you could provide people with the reasoning behind the, the way you named it, I think it also just allows people to see um, your uniqueness just as a as a thinker um, and an intellectual as well, in, in addition to being an exceptional MC. With Sky the Limit, it was uh, it was something that I could say I pulled from, you know, of course, the classic Biggie record. Oh, okay. Um, off the second disc, mm -hmm. right? So okay. I always love that track, and I love that video. You know, it was released after he had passed. And I always remember that video and how it just made you feel like it put, even though he wasn't here, you know, you probably felt, even not really understanding that emotion as, as a youngin', but just having a realization that he was no longer here, but that song just put some comfortability to you, you know what I mean? In its own in its own hip hop way. And he probably didn't, you know, of course he wasn't expecting to lose his time here, but that it always I always remembered that video and I'm you always would hear that phrase. And um at the time things weren't working out. Um working out with the first plan, you know a little bit about the first plan, yeah. but, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, life jumped in that, and, and, and jumped in that path for us. So, you know, we had to, had to, uh, retool and it was on a solo mission. So at that point I was like, yeah, I got to climb out of this hole. And, you know, the one thing that kind of kept it, kept that motivation going was like, yo, that ain't the limit. You know what? We could go further than that. How about we go further than that? Let's go farther than the expectations of us. And that was kind of something that was a conversation. You know, when we just talk about how people project how far you will go. Because they, you know, they judge you at a certain point and say, well, you're going to be this when you're yeah. such and such. And this look, you know, so it was that too. Like, okay, now we gonna we gonna the it's like the Lupe line. I'm, I'm gonna rearrange how they paint us, and it was coming from that thought. Like, all right, we gonna we gonna go further than that. So I just stuck with it, 
you know, and it even became something that a little model, even within my my little circle, you know what I'm saying, and family, you know, that's something a lot of them will bring up just, you know, when they in conversation. Yeah. And I that right there said enough for me, you know what I mean, that for whatever for whatever it's worth, we could always think like, oh no, we can go further. We could we ain't gotta be limited to what's expected of us in this radius of Southside or the city. So that's where that came from. And um no reviews funny. No reviews was was uh it came from a bar. I had a bar on a song on Sky the Limit. And I think it's on the track Limitless, matter of fact. And um, I think it was like, it's super old. It was like, I ain't looking back for them, no real views. And it just sounded cool, I guess, <laughs> then. So, and uh, me being, a, also me being a, 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 a fan of the Wayne mixtape, No Ceilings, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So it kind of sparked from that. And but what made me run with it was G was like, yo, that 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 no reviews, that sound fire. Like you should keep that for something. Like that should be a song or something. And it ended up being a title. And initially that was gonna be something where I was gonna be doing the same kind of format of no ceilings where I was just gonna grab the fire beat at the time and just rap, yeah. just spit over it. And it ended up turning into a full project because that's just me and my manic state of creating. So I just was like, nah, I don't want to, I want to go original and, you know, all that. So you got to listen to the muse, that's man. That came How from. that leads you. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, so, and that's how that came out. And then it, as I was creating it, it had more and more, more meaning to, more meaning to it as I went along. Just that whole, not looking back, no real views and, that whole, you know, uh, what they said, the images appear closer than they, you know, that, all that, just all that was just going further and further. And I said what capped it off, what made me stick to it and really want to make it work was uh, the movie Drive. I pulled a lot from that movie. Um, unfortunately, I really couldn't get what I wanted visually out for it, but I was pulling from that movie a lot, and um, that's one of my favorites. So that it's a lot, but that I would say those played a part in that title, and the kind of like to uh to kind of do some type of duality. I went with Drive Safely, so those projects kind of connect in a mm. way. Um, if you look at the cover, even. No rear views. This is black and grayish, white color, and drive safe is more vibrant. It's more colorful. It's more flashy. Um, you know, one's in the vehicle, one's out of side of the vehicle, and you know, I I tried to bring that a little bit home with the production where it was more tempo. It was more uh, I won't say current, but you know, it was more of a of an opposite approach than what I just did, yeah. just to give yeah. a, just to not limit it and say, okay, you only do this type, like you said, a mir- lyrical miracle blue. So drive safely was more, um, 
just playing into more of that theme of okay now we we pat we we, we ain't looking back but we gotta we gotta be gotta make sure this drive doesn't lead into a um a, a tragic <laughs> tragic ending you know just burning yourself out or taking the wrong approach uh, uh, just in life and ending it, ending it in the wrong way, you know, Indeed. whether it's this, this journey or, or, uh, your relationships with people, family, like all of that, you know, just encompassing all of that. Cause they play a part in this, a lot of the music. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where it came from with that, you know, and that project really wasn't planned. That was kind of something that just sparked because we were we were kind of in a weird limbo with no rear views coming out because of some certain tracks and samples and all that. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, all right, we, we got to put something out. It's been a minute. So I just put that together, you know what I mean? But um, that's kind of what, what each each title came from. <laughs> I know that was kind of long. Well, no. Words. Well, listen. Um, <laughs> when you're when you're talking about there's no there's no finite nature of art. You know, art to me, from perspective, right. is all encompassing. And I love. I wanted you to explain that because you've explained. Of course, you know, I I know the stories behind those. But I think what it gives the listener, and and even believe it or not, even in today's you know climate, even in 2020. Even people that may be casuals or somewhat novices, novices, excuse me, to the overall creative process when it comes to putting out an album, I want people to see from the most, from the from the macro level to putting together the lyrics and the production, all the way down to the micro, as in the nuances of what goes into the, a, a title. I want people to see the full essence and the full spirit of what goes into creating a project when it comes to music. And and that's why I wanted you uh, to go in like you did. Like I said, I don't really mind uh, if it's rather verbose. I just want you to provide that. And, and I want to kind of shift lanes, but in the same capacity, when you look at Richmond, you know, you and I are from this particular city and I've had my critiques of, of the Richmond area and the Richmond hip hop scene and, and for those listening that's outside of the state, this is kind of more of a local discussion, but hopefully some of the things that are said here can help you if you're an independent artist in your respective city or town. Uh, what are some of the, the, I guess, what are some of the struggles and adjustments and the realities you face as an independent artist um, coming out of Richmond and just trying to grow and expand your fingerprint in this particular market. Mm, man, it's a long list. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it, keep it, keep it concise. Um, I would say first, just getting people to really be interested in what you're making. That would be the first one because, uh, we everybody says they can rap. Everybody says it. You know, everybody tries it too. And you know, sometimes it could be good. Sometimes it be okay. Sometimes it's it's a, it's a dumpster fire. So you know, you get uh over t- it, 
I, I always say it comes from, I think people are already skeptical when you say I'm going to rap because like I said, everyone says it and we all can remember when we've come out of the convenience store or the supermarket or we're at the mall or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, yo, I got a CD, man. Check me out. This is my mixtape. It's my first joint, $5. And you know wow. whether you wh- whether you were cool or not with it, you know you'll try to support even if you didn't play it. You'll just be like, man, I see dude trying to get his sound out here. He trying to get his get his get get his uh, uh, get the people something to listen to. So let me let me throw a couple dollars at mm-hmm. him. And I think that's that that sparks that little skepticism because sometimes you may play it, and I don't know how many times people have been surprised at what they heard. You know what I'm saying? They may have heard and be like, ah, okay, this is all right. And then some, you know, it may not be what you're trying to hear. And it's like, nah, this ain't it. And that can subconsciously build over time and be like, so when somebody like, yo, I rap, like, ah, I be hearing these dudes with these, I can rap and I got a mixtape dude. So, you know, that can, that can start to, you know, put a little bit of a, 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 a wall up <laughs> for for a new a new MC or singer, I think. And but um, if, if I could, I, I just you made a, a very succinct and, and brilliant point. If I could interject really briefly, uh, I agree. I do toss dollars people's way. Um, kind of oddly enough, last year, although we're in the age of streaming, I actually had you know two guys approach me with a bag full of CDs and. They were, they yeah, were, that's crazy. They, yeah, in 2019, they're giving me a CD. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I really, it was two ways I could have responded. You know, um, I was looking at an interview with KRS-One, and he talked about creating value in your community. And one of the ways mm-hmm. he said of creating value is your response to someone. And he talked about saying, if an artist comes up to him like, hey, I rap or I do art or whatever, say, hey, that's dope. What are you doing? And is there a way I can support? Because we know we don't really know the future and we don't know what artist is going to become what. Uh, you know, as you remember, Kendrick Lamar came here back in like 2008, 2009, and nobody was really trying to go. Like it was, it may have been 08. And it wasn't really a lot of people at that show. Yeah, and when he came back in like 2011, 2011 yeah, it was crazy. But, but it was crazy. the point is, is like you you don't really know who that person may become. And right, one of one of right. the biggest one of the biggest castigations it seems that a lot of us have of people of affluence and people that reach a certain stratosphere of success is come back, invest in the neighborhood, invest in the community that you came from. And I and I can understand that perspective, and and I do agree with that. But I also think that the responsibility is on the community. That when you see these independent, starving artists struggling, remember what they can become, and 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 give, and also help and support as well if you feel compelled to. I just wanted to make that point. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It, it would imagine if we if we if we support it in any way we could, it always it don't always have to be financial either. Mm-mm. If we just support it, you know, whatever 
solid idea. Not nothing crazy off the wall, but <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> these 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 practical approaches to you know making this goal happen. Like we could support that and 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 nurture it. Like because that 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 discourages a lot of people from ever trying something. They got a whole gift they just sitting mm. with. Mm. And they're in a cubicle. Well, not now, of course, because of what we're dealing with. But at one point, you know, they're in a cubicle, and they could be, they could be in, in a, they they could be in an office running something, and and not necessarily having to be in in this in this cycle of of just you know burn out here for us build this company we barely pay. You know, we ain't gonna get into that whole conversation, but you know, yeah, we should. I, I especially now. Yeah. Especially now. That's why I always say I don't I've never been somebody that's been like, you know, to down nobody if they had an idea that they felt would be would be a, a um would be something they will continue and carry out and it possibly take them further and open a door that they may not have in front of them with whatever their environment is. And it's like, that's another struggle, right? We, we falling right into another struggle is getting the, the legitimate support of what you're trying to do and finding that support system outside of your immediate core is a little difficult. Um, yeah. Especially if they rap too. <laughs> and why I say that uh. is because they may not... It's always this thing where someone else feels if you get the information that they have, you could take it further than them and lap them. You still have that weird, mm-hmm. I don't want to give out, I want to hold this to the chest, and for me, and maybe a few around me, but other than that, no. And I get it, it's a competitive sport, but I always say I don't really see the point of holding information for somebody who's trying to just record. It don't even be nothing like trying to get to Emory Jones or somebody. Yeah. It's literally like, yo, I, I yo, who who records, who does good mixing, who does good graphic work, but you, who makes beats. But you know, I think I think to a degree, that sort of problem, it's like a multifaceted problem. And I think it matriculates from the fact that we live under a capitalist society. I don't want to go too deep in that lane, but I think one of the residual effects of living in this sort of culture is that you have a zero sum mentality. So it's like for me yeah. to for me to have, they can't. Or if they have, yeah. that means I can't. I ain't gonna get nothing. And and yeah. therefore, but but then the other side of the coin is how many good-hearted people with integrity have been taken advantage of for trying to share right. information. Right. So that is a good point. So too. so then you get into this situation, it's like this conundrum of we need to share information. And we need to work as a unit to come together. But then everybody's like, it's like a weird angle of, and like I said, I'm kind of a, a, a outsider looking into hip hop. I mean, I would, I guess at a certain point on a minor level, I could have considered myself in that sort of 
you know, <laughs> genre, if you will. But I, I do understand what you, you're talking about. And, and I want to ask you, um, as it relates to, to, to Richmond, and you made a good point of people, like kind of basic information that people hoard, how, how, and you don't have to name names, how has your experience been with trying to collaborate with other artists here in the area? And like I said, I don't want you to put anybody's name out there or what have you, but in general, without trying to you know drag people, how has your experience been with trying to network and connect with other artists here in the area? Well, I think now, leading up to now, um, just to kind of close that out, what I was saying about, you know, the information, I think now compared to back then, you know, everyone is putting themselves out there like, yo, I do this, I do this, I do this. So you can find a lot of talent just whether you're running on YouTube or you're going on Twitter or you're going on Instagram. So you can find people to collaborate with like a lot more quicker than having to go through a bunch of middlemen and somebody who did a video with this guy. He don't, you know what I mean? And it's a lot different because at the start of this, it was that whole, yo, who got a studio? <laughs> and, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I would always say I was fortunate though, because, you know, I knew Steve, we knew Steve. So, and you know, at that time he was working with Spade. He was like an apprentice of the Rhythm Shack. So him having that access helped a lot, you know? Um, and, far as the collaborating it hasn't been that really that bad i mean i've reached out and you know you build with people and see what they coming up with and you try to put something together a lot of times you know things may not pan out because of scheduling you know people have have another uh another another you know uh, uh part of their life that they have to contribute time to so you know, you, you may miss 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 each other, so it'd be one of those you got to catch them on the comeback, but mm -hmm. it ain't never really been that bad as far as the collaborating and trying to get to work with people. It ain't really been that bad, like, oh, that's at great. all. That's great. Um, Now, when it comes to, like, you know, the other stuff, yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird, but <laughs> as far as, the, you know, linking with artists, because I think a lot of times you know, it, it, it takes that mutual that mutual uh, associate, you know, to link that and it and it kind of goes from there. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how it went a lot of times, you know, someone mutually like, oh yeah, I know a guy. He rapped, da da da. Oh, okay, bet. Well, you meet this guy and his whole squad is dope. Y'all build and y'all vibe and they be like, all right, let's do a track and it, you know, and it go from there. Now everybody's experience, I know, ain't gonna be that way. I know that, I know that, cause I didn't, you know, I didn't chop it up with a lot of people. So, but I've always tried to be, you know, chill about it. I ain't never really, you know, not tried to help. You know, I would try to help as far as I can. You know, um. Whether it's, uh, yo, uh, this guy right here, he do this. Oh, mm -hmm. this dude do the mixing. This dude do graphic. This dude do logos. Like, you know, 
And, so, uh, really quick, and, and, and to the point of connecting, um, I want you to just speak to this, and uh, then I kind of want to shift the, the the dialogue, if you will. But you're talking about connecting. Um, I forgot to ask you this at the beginning of the episode, and we'll repeat it again at the end. Uh, just let people know how they can find you, like your social media handles. My Twitter is uh, at Lennon. That's L-Y-N-N-E-N, two underscores. And my Instagram is artist name Lennon. So, yeah, all one word, you know what I mean? All one word. So that's okay. how you can find me. So I, look, You're better off checking the stories because, you know, I, <laughs> that's more, I'm more active in that way. Yeah, same same here. They're, they're a lot more engaging. And and just if you're listening, well, when you listen to this episode, uh, if you want to reach out, you know, if you you know, you go and you listen to his music, you're an artist, or you just want to show love, show support, um, definitely, definitely make sure you follow him. Um, so to switch lanes, you know, this podcast is a podcast where we do get into music, but we also like to discuss various other issues as well. And one thing I want to do here is I want to uh, kind of get more into like a, a slight conversation, more, um, l- less the word here, slightly more philosophically based. So what I want to do in this particular segment, I'm going to provide a quotation and we're just going to kind of build on it. And I always try to to pull things that are relevant to the conversation and things that I feel that's gonna add value to the listener as well. Um, so this quotation is from one of the people that I love his work. He's a, he's a, a fine, I think he's a finance professor at either Spelman or Morehouse. And uh, he wrote a book about, he wrote a book where he interviewed, I believe over 50, uh, 50 black millionaires. And he actually finished uh, uh, he actually finished a different version of Think and Grow Rich that Napoleon Hill was trying to do, uh, but he died and wasn't able to finish it, where it was Think and, Grow, uh, Think and Grow Rich, but it was tailored towards Black America. This gentleman is named Dennis Kimbrough, so check out his work. But a quote that he has here in, uh, in his book, and he says this, the future never takes care of itself. It is taken care of, shaped molded and colored by the present. And I read that quote and it made me think about a lot of different conversations and the conversations that you and I have. Um, And when you listen to that particular quote and you're talking about the future never takes care of itself, it is taken care of, shaped, molded and colored by the present. I thought about fighting the disease of procrastination Hmm. because a lot of times we think about the future And we have all of these nebulous goals that we set for ourselves and these lofty goals. But what are the things, what are the seeds that we're planting in the present? And what I want to ask you, and I'll be candid on this, but I want you to respond first. One, what do you hear and what do you take away from that quote? And two, have you ever, you know, as an artist, as a creative and and a, a brother that has a lot of plans and ambition for himself, do you ever face bouts of procrastination? Um, and if so, how do you how do you remedy that? What is your solution for when you face those periods of procrastination? If you do, when I hear that, when I hear that quote, it it 
it reminds me of kind of my thinking that I've applied recently in the last few years when it just came to the mission or, you know, whatever the goal is. And that that what I'm trying to do is impact the bloodline after me. So my purpose is bigger than what I'm doing while I'm here. It's it's beyond. It's after me. It's, I have to affect and shift before whoever follows me is here. And I know that's kind of, of a, 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 this high, <laughs> this high, you know, we all come in with the, that, that trying to take down that generational, what they say, generational curse and all that. So, and I, I think that plays into that for me, just hearing that quote, I, I, I related to that. Um, just making that shift for, for what, what I won't even probably be here to see, but I would like the effect. That's, that's what I take from that. And, um, procrastination. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I had a strong bout with it (laughs) the past, the past two years, but I think what contributed to it was, uh, a little bit of discouragement with what was going on behind the scenes and it kind of let it, it left me a little bit disinterested as a whole and it led to the probably the process of following up what I released in 2017 longer and because I knew it was a lot of work to be done. And when <laughs> when you're dealing with a lot of pay, plans falling through, you know, you try to, you always say you got to have a backup plan to the backup plan. We always hear that. And it felt like I was going back to the drawing board too much, more than I was coming back with results. And that was frustrating. So it was like, ah, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even have a audible out of this one. I don't know. And it really, it really just, it stifled the whole creative process because I couldn't really focus on trying to make anything because it was like, it's so much that has to be checked off the list like how can you even lock in for another project and like everybody was ready to go and I'm looking like nah we still gotta put <laughs> this this and this to these two projects you know and it just wouldn't things wouldn't line up like they needed and I you know I, I found myself in the ring with the procrastination like and it like I said, I think a lot of things contributed to it other than just I'm just not trying. I'm you know, I'm just getting lazy or something. It was just like, nah. Yeah. I'm 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 just having this I'm having this other bout before we get to the procrastination. Yeah. It it procrastination, I like uh 
I follow this guy. I, I've seen him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's a he's a Navy SEAL, and he wrote this book called Discipline is Freedom, uh, Jocko Willing. Oh, yeah. And one of the things he said that I love, and I and it's kind of hard for me to apply it to my life. I do it at times, but I'm not as consistent as I would like to be. But he says, when it make sure that you procrastinate with procrastination. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I love that because it, it speaks to me and, and some, a lot of the points you made were valid. And, and I, I face my own struggles with procrastination. I think one of the ones that I'll, I'll be a, a little bit candid about is what I like to do is to mask my fear with trying to consider myself a perfectionist. So I'll say that this has taken me a specific amount of time or this isn't done yet because I just want to, I want to perfect everything. I want to make all of the T's across and every yeah. single I is dotted. Right. But that's, and that is true to a certain extent. But if I think about it on a subconscious level, the trepidation truly is coming from fear. But I will tell people that I am a perfectionist mm -hmm. and the fear is coming from the, 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 anticipation of failure because sometimes the actual failure it isn't as bad as what you anticipate in your mind and sometimes failure never comes at all you're just psyching yourself out and my procrastination is that i'm i'm building up scenarios about endeavors in my head that <laughs> yeah. 90 percent of the time they never come to fruition and i'm just like psyching myself out about stuff and then I procrastinate and I don't do it and I put it off and I don't get it done. And then I'm like, man, I was supposed to have this done three weeks ago. And that's kind of been my battle. And, and when I look at the Dennis Kimbrough quote, I'm thinking now and I agree. My, my thinking is and I think we live in a microwave culture. We always want instant results with everything. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to shift my mentality is, OK, this business is a seed. This podcast is a seed. This certification is a seed. This source of income is a seed. This book, like everything I do is a seed. Yeah. And I'm looking at it as a, as a, to quote our late great brother, Nipsey Hussle, yeah. I'm looking at it as the marathon. Yeah. And I'm looking at all of the seeds that I'm planting can create the future that I want to be living in right now. And, and all of these things will help me get there. And if I procrastinate, that's only going to impede upon the success rate of achieving all of these goals that I set out for myself, mm -hmm. you know? Factual. Factual. And, and I, I want to touch on on um, something something else. Uh, and this is kind of a little uh, a little bit more controversial if you will and this is this is another quote and then we're going to be done with the quotes to kind of end it on a high note but um i want to throw this out there wb du bois said and i kind of just thought of this just now this is not something i have planned really but he stated that i think in in the souls of black folks i think i don't know i, I think that was like 1905 he put that book out but anyway he said uh Either America will end ignorance or ignorance will end America. That's a good and, one. That is a good <laughs> one. That's a good one. He had the quotables. We already know he had. Yeah, the that was his bag, man. Yeah. And um, I think about that. I want to ask you, you know, and I don't you know, I don't I don't want to get too political, 
But, you know, with the election coming up, um, and like I said, I don't want you to speak about, you don't have to unless you feel comfortable to talking about um, any favor toward, favoritism towards either side, but kind of the level of, of vitriol, the level of overt racism uh, condoned by our current leadership, it seems to fester off of a lot of ignorance and stupidity um, and racism. So what I want to ask you is in 2020, when you look at, and once again, police brutality, us being, you know, black people, us being murdered by police, this has been happening for a really long time. We're just able to film it a lot more now. But with that particular quote, as with the last one, what do you take away from that? Um, and then two, when you look at the, the, the preponderance and just the, the insane amounts of ignorance, stupidity, and echo chambers that we we put ourselves in on social media. So if I'm a conservative, I'm only talking to conservative or liberal, only liberal mm -hmm. or whatever, or social justice warrior. Um, how do you, and once again, I know this is a loaded question, but do you see any resolution? Because ironically, in the age of information, we're getting more stupid and more ignorant and more divided. Uh, how do we stop putting ourselves in these echo chambers that we create out of ignorance and stupidity? Um, is there a way to remedy the, the, the amount of combative racism that we see you know, via social media? And not even just the racism, but just the toxic nature and how we use political rhetoric against one another. Do you see any, any way out of this current shit show um, that we're in at the moment? I think it starts within the community, not necessarily about the racism, but how we're how we're taking in this information that we are getting and where we're getting it from, and who we're putting in position to be quote unquote leading us. I think we mm. do a poor job of electing folks as leaders or in the positions of leadership without really holding their feet to the fire when they should be. We kind of did that with our former, you know, and we do it over and over again. We, <laughs> we put these people on these platforms because, like you said, when I step in the echo chamber, you're telling me what I want to hear and now I want to I want to I want to ride and become a fanboy of what you speak of or what you speak on, and your rhetoric, whether whether it's regressive or uh, uh, you know cherry picked for an agenda, it, and it and it becomes this these cult like spaces and and. That's why we get, like you said, you have the liberal side, you have the conservatives, the social justice space, and then you, you know, we joke about the hoteps and all of that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of stuff is crossing and mixing where you're like, wait a second, that's not what the initial concept was. Because I'm seeing that too, where you're the, what you, they jokingly call them hotep. The hotep side is 
mm. buying into this this white this right winged uh uh rhetoric and copying and pasting it and it's like wait a minute you kind of mixing the colors now i don't know what we're getting to now and it caused a pause because a lot of them a lot of them when they speak on race is a little shaky Mm. like when they speak on it it's shaky and it's like well who put this who put this person in charge i'm confused it's like the scene. <laughs> it's like the scene in American Gangster when Bobby Johnson was was uh, what he had a heart attack or whatever, having a stroke. I can't remember, but and he was uh-huh. talking. He was like, "Who who's in charge? Who's in charge?" Like <laughs> it's like that moment while you're watching this community, you're like, "Who is leading this?" And it's everyone oh, wow. too busy trying to be right in the comment section, and. I don't even know if we're combating anything. If we just, if we're just typing aggressively and not putting no action, and then there are ones that are putting action in, we don't even get behind them. We're mm. questioning them and drinking the Kool Aid of the frauds, and we don't even, we don't even, I don't even understand how we getting finessed by the frauds. It's like clear as day. <laughs> The actions never man, you, match these. You know what it is, man. It's a certain person. I don't want any. I don't want no smoke, so I'm not gonna mention <laughs> this dude's name. I don't want the smoke. I don't want him to come to my city and debate me and slap me around. So, yo, I'll fuck Umar. No, I'm yo, joking. I'm joking. Yo, <laughs> he's gonna find this. He will find this. <laughs> he will find. Yeah, this. man. You know, he'll he'll find this when that school opens. <laughs> yeah. But um. Same day as detox release date. Woo! Same thing. Hey, I'm gonna edit this part out. No, I'm joking. But it's fine. (laughs) Jimmy, I mean, we'll find this too. (laughs) God, (laughs) but 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 I I look at him and dude, like he, you know what it is? I think one of it. It's not the only thing. You have people that just know how to talk, right? They know how to like, sell the they fight. Got that gift to gab, bro. They know how to sell the fight. They know exactly how that, to get you to buy the ticket for Saturday night. For that. That dude. And and people, it's like you said, it's like there are people like that are doing legit, like real like work. They are you can intangible things, but people get caught into these YouTube guys and all this weird. And, and to me, I was telling somebody. A lot of the hotel cats, it's like it, it makes when you say all of these outrageous things, man, it, it kind of it does a disservice to, to the overall. Yes. Cult, you know, it, 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 it does, it makes man. You a you parody know. of it. It, it, it Indeed, turns you very into much. the character that Dave Chappelle played in Undercover Brother. It turns you into that. <laughs> it's like, yo, just put on the, just put on the leather people. <laughs> And the black scuzzy, and just ride out. Just be that character, because that's how you looking to us. Oh God! Well, the no, the, no, the you know what's worse? They're, they're 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 the um they're the character from Don't Be a Menace while drinking <laughs> your juice in the hood. That dude, they're that guy. They're, 
you have two different. It's it's literally that version and the other cover brother. Yeah, like yeah. those two versions, and they get oh, all the donations. They get all the streaming views. They get all the clicks and downloads for their pod. And you're like, okay, I guess. Mm. And then with some scandal pop off, then everybody's like, oh, well, how how we let this get by? No, it were people that were screaming, telling you this is this is not the way to go. This is a mistake. But you. You, mm-hmm. you were too far, and didn't want to be wrong, <laughs> so you doubled down. And oh nah, Sean King's for us. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I can't, <laughs> can't just drink the Kool Aid just because you put it on the table. And no, nah, you have to have you have to have a discernment with a lot of these with a lot of these mm-hmm. issues. Like you say, you have to. You have to know what they're presenting, but it also it requires like amount of like just some moderate amount of research and just having some logic and and critical thinking skills and being able to reason. But I want to do this because we're we're coming into the the close of this episode, so I want to do um I want to do three things uh, very quick. I'm gonna say a, a phrase or a name and you just briefly tell me what comes to mind and i also after that i want you to give me your top three out al- hip-hop albums um of 2020 so far okay so uh all right so um ready all right here we go sean lennon one word one word Mm, one word. Give me a second. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, one word. All right. Okay. I'll say this. One word. I got you. I got you. I thought about it. We okay. Did. I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Okay. Got okay. It Thought about it. I got it. Inquisitive. Mm, okay. Reasonable doubt. Timeless. Mm, okay. 48 Laws of Power. Ruthless. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, I know I uh, kind of ran with the last quick, words, man, but that's what came to mind. Oh, it, yeah. Okay. But uh, real quick, man, just uh, if you if you could, like, so far, I know we still have two more months left of the year, and we don't really, you know, I'm thinking Drake. Well, no, nah, that's 2021. Yeah. But I, I rumor K Dot might be dropping. But so far, man, if you had to pick your top two or top three albums you've heard so far this year, what would they be? 
rap albums. Hip hop, yep, strictly rap. Um, top three. Mm -hmm. Alfredo. Oh yeah, that was fire. Alchemist. Um. Let me let me throw out a let me throw out one. Uh, what about what about the what about the the Conway joint? I like I really like Conway's album a lot. Okay. A lot. Um, from King to a God, it's it's in the conversation. I don't know if I got it in the okay. top three. Um, I got it because. It's a, a lot of albums coming to mind now, and I'm thinking like which ones were I would I yeah. really enjoyed and kept playing. That's that, one that's, of a, them. that's that's one a heavy. Of them. Like I said, um, and, and we're we're closing out like uh, and that's a heavy one. So so we'll we'll rock with this. You would say that so far for you, Alfredo just is like your number your number one thus far this year. I got yeah, I got Alfredo. I'll say. Um, Alfredo, Pray for Paris was in the rotation a lot. I have to mention that okay. West Side Gun joint. Um, and it's another project that's not coming to mind. But I, you know, we 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 ain't got too okay. much time left. But yeah, um, that's the all right, man. Well, well look, listen, uh, Sean, dude, thank you for coming on. I, I deeply appreciate it. Um, and once again, give the people uh, your social media handles and how they can follow you. Yeah, uh, tap in with me at uh, on IG at artist name Lennon, Twitter at Lennon two underscores. That's where you'll find me. Or you can slide over to Bandcamp. Just put in SeanLennon.Bandcamp.com and check the music out. And uh, be looking forward to some new stuff coming. So, Word. So, Listen, yeah. once again, thank you. And this has been episode 51. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at Hoy H-O-Y-T underscore Kawaku K-W-A-K-U underscore Simmons. That's T-I-M-M-O-N-S. And also keep your eyes out for that election day live stream. I'll be providing more details for that soon. Take care. Much love, y'all, and peace. <laughs>